0: So before we jump into this episode, we want to address something really quick from last week, leaf blowers. Mm. So in that episode, if you listen to it, I critique David for his baby ears, basically. Yeah. And then the doc gets into some more serious stuff and autism is brought up as a point of look at minority groups such as autism where it can really affect them, this noise. And then we come out of that doc and I say, okay, this brings up a greater question about how much does society bend towards people who are sensitive. And the order of the telling of this story has that come out right after the doc about autism. And so it sounds like I'm saying that in reaction to autism, and I'm not. I'm saying it in reaction to this overall episode, and mainly David.
1: Yeah, I've been abusing Monica for a long time about leaf blowers. I'm just always, whenever there's a leaf blower outside my building... I send her a video of it. I go on and on and on about He's it. very and, and I end up being this little pesty person who is like moaning about leaf blowers all the time. Well, I think you were sort of moaning about me and <laughs> things got conflated. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> moaning is such a horrible <laughs> word. It
0: is. We start the doc off with you complaining that you can't get your work done yeah. because of the leaf blowing sound. And my thought on that is should there be a removal of leaf blowers because David works from home? Like, are we bending society to this person who has a job that works from home? You know, it just, that's a greater question. And I wanted to bring that up, but. In the way that it was edited, it sounds like I'm talking very specifically about a group of people that I do think we need to protect anytime we can. And I think everyone should be protecting everyone. I think if you went outside and said, can we please just for 30 seconds, because I know it's so annoying, I'm so sorry, but for 30 seconds, can we stop? And then you go in, do your thing, come out say, thank you so much.
1: I kind of feel that the people that leap low around my house, if I said, I'm just desperately need to record this for two minutes, can you please turn off for two minutes? They kind of would. Of course they
0: would, because they're all very nice. They're all very kind people. Anyway, so that's that. I just wanted to clear that up because normally I don't at all look at the comments, but David made it abundantly (laughs) clear that a lot of people took that offensively and I understand and I'm I'm sorry and that's not was not my intention and of course I want everyone to be protected
1: and thanks for everyone sending me countless videos of leaf blowers in your neighborhood they're very funny and I've got some really really good video now and I love that and
0: you're going to piece it together and drive me crazy
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay on to the show
1: I'm David Farrier a New Zealander accidentally marooned in America and I want to figure out what makes this country tick Now one thing that's a constant source of awe and wonder for me is the variety on offer here in America. Your supermarkets are so vast I still find them disorientating. The cereal section alone is as big as the biggest entire supermarket back in New Zealand and the frozen food section is full of wonders I never knew existed. I get lost constantly and a five minute trip to get some bananas suddenly turns into a two hour ordeal. But there's one main thing I'm confronted with on a daily basis that's the major source of my enchantment. America's giant assortment of carbonated beverages. I'd never heard of drinks like Shasta before I came to America. But brands like this were innovators in the industry, one of the first to package soft drinks in cans and make diet versions of their sugary delights. The truth is, I'd never heard of many of your carbonated soft drinks. Bang Energy, Sierra Mist, Dr. Pepper, what the hell are these things? I crunched the numbers and your top 10 sodas are as follows, from number 1 to 10, Coke, Pepsi, Diet Coke, Mountain Dew, Sprite, Dr. Pepper, Diet Pepsi, Coke Zero, Sierra Mist, and then finally 7up at number 10. Sugary sodas aren't as popular as they were in the peak of the 2000s. Sports drinks and coffee are on the rise, Coke is on the drop. Still, a majority of Americans consume at least one sugary carbonated drink a day, despite knowing that sugar isn't the greatest thing to consume. But I love sugar, so I wanted to explore the world of sugar in a can. So, chill that icy beverage and get ready to crack that can and prepare for that sugary rush. Because this is the Soft Drinks episode.
2: Flightless, flightless, flightless bird touchdown in America. I'm a flightless bird touchdown in America.
1: Had you heard of Shasta? Yeah. That was all new to me. Have you had it before? Is it something you drink?
0: I'm sure I've had it. Right. It's not sticking out. Is it an orange or is it a lemon lime? No idea.
1: Okay. They were like big innovators, so they were the first to have like a diet version. Oh. Kind of fascinating. But yeah, I've never had it. Whenever I go, is it the 7-Eleven is your store? Sure. 7-Eleven. I walk in there sometimes. And it's just that wall of soft drinks. Yeah, I find it inspiring. I mean, I love a sugary treat.
0: Well, I was about to say, I'm surprised you aren't all up in that section, buying everything, trying everything. I
1: have to be careful not yeah. to. I've already put on like a bit of weight in America. I can't be having sugary drinks all the time because then yeah. it's game over. Yeah. I also haven't had a dentist in America yet. I don't know how mm. my teeth are doing. And soft drinks are allegedly quite bad for the teeth. Yeah. Did also, you do that experiment at school where you'd pop a tooth in a thing of Coke and come back and to it? And it would disintegrate? Like, two months later. No. Yeah, horrific. No. Yeah, it's bad.
0: Okay, but, but you're not brushing in there.
1: There's no brushing. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it is real. I mean, it's very acidic. It, it's bad news. Oh. What I found very funny is that in New Zealand, as a kid, you're sort of taught and advertised that juice was a really healthy thing. Yes. Of course, like one of the worst things you so can be drinking sugary. as well. Sort of, it's like they got a free pass because it's from an orange, yeah. you know, whereas Coke was the big bad. They're both awful.
0: Yeah, that's really true. But life hack, mm. if you have a chalkboard mm. and-
1: It's very niche- Back from you, our sisters at the chalkboard out there, we <laughs> we've gone chalkboard. back to the '50s.
0: I used to work at UCB. Mm. I was not working at the with the Amish, mm. making those tasty donuts. I wish if I had a donut recipe from the Amish, I would love that. Anyway, uh, I used to work at UCB, Upright mm. Citizens Brigade, and we would have the chalkboard, mm. and you'd write the day's shows, mm. and the next day you erase it. Mm-hmm. And it's still there. Like it's really hard to get a chalkboard very, very, very clean. You're I just still... got a
1: little shiver from thinking about scratching a chalkboard. Just yeah, I yeah. Know. But you're trying to clean it. It's just a. It's a cloud of white, isn't exactly. it?
0: Exactly. Like you can do everything right. But there's still a little bit of mm. something. But if you pour a little Coke on your favorite towel, huh. It's perfect.
1: It cuts straight through.
0: It's brand new.
1: Beautiful, clean chalkboard.
0: It's a hack. Yeah, and it's scary because yeah. you do see what it does. Yeah, it, it cuts p- through. <laughs> it really Everything. cuts through.
1: What's your favorite soft drink? What do you have if you're it's a hot day? Yeah. What are you drinking?
0: It would be Coke. What type? Regular. I'm not a Diet Coke person mm. or a Coke Zero or a Cherry, mm. although I did have a Cherry recently and it was tasty.
1: It's a wonderful taste, isn't yeah. it, Coke? It's universal.
0: It is. And I'm from Atlanta, so I have a allegiance to Cope. You have to. You can't yeah. be Pepsi.
1: They're um, smart as well. They did a thing in New Zealand with their branding where a new dairy would open. Do you have the word dairy nope. here? Dairy is like a corner store, like a 7-Eleven. Okay. Family would have just opened one and they didn't have any cool signs. Coke would come in Mm. and be like, we will give you sexy signage for your entire dairy, the whole store, beautiful women and men showering each other in Coke and everything, really sexy advertising. And of course it'd be like, yeah, we want to like spruce this place up. Yeah. Instantly Coke branded everywhere. Mm. They're so smart with their advertising.
0: Oh, I also think they have some of the best commercials ever. The polar bears? Polar bears. It's so nostalgic. I love it so much. And if you get Coke with the little tiny ice, like at a baseball game oh. when they have those little ice, yeah. it's the best drink. But I, I don't drink soda really.
1: What are you drinking? How are you hydrating? I
0: dehydrated. I've told you so many times you I'm dehydrated. A, but
1: what are you drinking <laughs> well, now? I drink
0: wine. Um, no, I'm drinking tea. <laughs> You're drinking wine right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm this is tea. Okay. This is English breakfast tea. Okay that I made from a kettle Mm -hmm. that you forced me to buy. That's
1: another episode.
0: Yeah, so tea, water, Mm -hmm. I try, and then
1: wine. Like truly, those are
0: the the beverages that I drink. When I started cheerleading in high school, there was a rule you couldn't drink soda.
1: (laughs) Just wanted to keep you all rake then. I mean- That was a rule, no soda?
0: Yeah, I think it was like be healthy and you're not allowed to drink soda. It's
1: incredible. And it
0: changed, like I never- since then, I've never, yeah. like, craved soda.
1: I went off Coke for a while, and it's amazing when you go back to it how intense it is. It's so sugary and yeah. insane.
3: Do you get into what people call it in different regions? Coke? Soda yeah. well, pop. Oh, so like oh Soda no. pop, Coke. Like,
1: Oh, some no, people, I don't touch on that in the docs. Some so people
3: call all soda Coke in the
1: South. Yeah, oh, like, I'm gonna go get a
0: Coke, and they're getting like uh, Mountain what?
3: Dew.
1: <laughs> oh, that is mind blowing, and I love it. Yeah. I'm off to, So that's how it's sort of become like Google. I'm gonna Google something. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go and get a Coke. They could come back with a Sprite. <laughs> I call it Pop.
0: Pop. Yeah. I w- I would never call it Pop. Never. <laughs> never. That's so funny. I think it's Midwestern. Yeah. What? To call so
1: Rob, you'll be like, I'm off to get some Pop. Well, I don't. I don't drink it either. But <laughs> but that's uh, what you'd say. i would I'd say Pop. Yeah. Right. In New plot. Zealand we go by brand name We're Like, I'm off to get a Coke or a Mountain Dew Our local soft drink is called l p Okay um, The letters which stands for lemon and Pyroa. Pai Pairoa, it's a place And what? Pairoa Oh, a, it's a, it's a it's place City? Yeah, so it's named after the town So when you drive through Pyroa, You just see this beautiful giant bottle of l p And if is you're ever good? in New Zealand It's great There was controversy They made it into a chocolate You know when there's like a popular what? flavor They'll always try and bake it into a chocolate Uh-huh I don't know if that stuck around for long, but it's a great drink. If you're ever in New Zealand, a meat pie and an L&P are the two sort of local Delicacies, which I'd recommend.
0: Okay, and is that more like a sprite? It sounds like it's like a lemon it's more, limey. Yeah, it is.
1: It's more. It is. I'd liken it to a sprite. No one's quite sure what the flavor is, but it's delicious, mm. refreshing.
0: Do you like cream soda or root beer? Mm, These are also. Soda. I love cream soda.
1: Okay, so yeah, I do as well. And in the barbecue episode, I crack <gasps> into a bit of that because Ooh. with some meaty meat, cream Ugh. soda's good. We don't really have a lot of that in New Zealand. And mm. I do like it. It's kind of appropriate for this episode because I wanted to get out of Los Angeles because obviously drinks, soft drinks in America differ so much place to place. So I actually went to Texas Mm. and I started just by talking to people about what soft drinks they liked because I was curious if it would differ to like an LA taste or a New York taste or something like
0: that. Wait, also real quick, just the word soft drink is kind of interesting.
1: Soft. Yeah, why is it it called that?
0: Is it because hard drinks have alcohol?
1: Huh. That's a really good explanation. Yeah. I don't know anything better than that. Huh. Yeah, I'm up for a hard drink. <laughs> no, I'm up for a soft drink, bro. I'm a straight edge.
3: <laughs> Just Yeah, it's to distinguish flavored drinks from hard liquor or distilled spirits.
1: Nailed there it. I had no idea. Wow. This is what the people in Texas, I talked to some people around Waco because I was there for another story, Ooh. different thing, is what they had to say. I've noticed that you have a lot of soft drinks here in America, so many different kinds and flavors. So it's a hot day, you're exhausted, you really just need some liquid. What's your favorite?
4: I don't know if you qualify, this qualifies as a soft drink, but the Topo Chico with lime, that's my favorite for a hot day. And just to keep alive during my work week will be Diet Coke
1: or Coke Zero. Do you have any strong thoughts on Dr. Pepper, which I hear is big in Texas? I hate it. (laughs) What's your beef with Dr. Pepper?
4: It has a licorice taste. Another American thing that I should like but I don't is licorice.
1: (laughs) Do you have a favorite American soft drink? I would have to say Dr. Pepper. That's from here, Texas. Yes, sir. What is the flavor of Dr. Pepper? There's 23 of them. (laughs) There's 23 ingredients, I guess, that go in 23 different flavors that whoever, old man that made it back in the 1800s, put and in it, there. And it is a pretty popular drink around these parts. It is, it is in Texas. I've heard Big Red is also a big thing. Big Red's a big Texas thing. She likes Big Red or Sprite. I like Dr. Pepper. I'm gonna turn to you now. What is Big Red and why do you like it?
3: It's a mixture of like a really sweet strawberry and then a flavor you never knew was invented. (laughs) It's almost like battery acid. (laughs) It's a strange taste, but it's really good.
1: I really loved how passionate people got. Everyone I talked to, yeah. they really backed their drink, even if they knew it was kind of hideous.
0: Yes, because it's nostalgic too. It like yeah. takes you somewhere. Okay, I'm remembering. There's soda wars: Coke versus Pepsi, yeah. Dr Pepper versus You're Big Red. Mi- well, for me, it was Dr Pepper versus Mister Pibb.
1: Yeah. Oh right, those yeah, I think-
0: two were like in competition.
1: Huh. I actually talked to that couple. I just discovered another sort of Texan thing, which is, I think they call it a river float. And sure. I'd got Tubing? in a big tube. Tubing. Yeah. I did it sort of at the wrong time of the year. So there was no one. I was going to float down the river and talk to people. Mm-hmm. It was just me for about three hours because <laughs> it was off season. So there's no one to interview. So the episode would just be like the sounds of a river and some ducks I met along the way. (laughs) But at the end, I met this one couple and I was like, oh my God, life, this is great. But we just ended up talking about soft drinks. Okay. But tubings, have you been tubing?
0: Yes, that's where I almost died and drowned. Please share. You haven't heard this story? i haven't
1: listened to Armchair.
0: Oh yeah, that's (laughs) right. I can't
1: listen to every episode (laughs) of everything. I try.
0: we went to Austin for Formula One last year and Dax really wanted to go tubing. That's like one of his favorite things. And he's already been, so he like quote, knew the lay of the land, and we went with Danny Ricardo and 12 of his most beautiful male friends I've ever wow. seen.
1: And you're all in tubes.
0: We're all in bathing suits and tubes, and it's sexy. And then- <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: not what I wanted. It was just me alone on a river. With a bunch of racers.
0: <laughs> Literally. It was like, oh my God, wow. And So you're trying to be cool in your yeah, tube. Of course. And we get to this one part where there's a little bit of a drop off. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And Dax was like, no, no, I know this. I've done this before. It's super tiny. It's just a little like little dip. And I was like, Okay, great. So him and Delta are ahead. And all of a sudden we hear her screaming. Oh, no. Yes. And then Kristen's like panicked. She's trying to get to Delta. She's so strong. I don't know how she did this. She, like, went against the current and was able to, like, get across.
1: It's those superpowers you get when there's some sort of mom power comes in.
0: Exactly. The other thing is we're all kind of tied up a little bit.
1: You were we're string. They will string you up.
0: Yes. And Molly and me and Molly's kid, we were all kind of together and we were getting pulled into the thing. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like this crazy rapid. And we don't know if I can swim. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. I don't want to do that. We got to get out of here. And like we're like trying to get. And I just get pulled down this oh, rapid no. off the tube immediately. Drowning. You were toast. I was drowning. Yeah. Um, oh, no,
1: Monica. It was awful. <laughs> it was really terrific. Sc-
0: it was very scary. But then I was able to like get on like a rock, like a mermaid. <laughs> and I came up. My boob was out.
1: Wow. Yeah, because you've been tumbled around <laughs> under there. All these race car drivers
0: Thank God. sat there. Thank God they were behind. So they didn't, well, they say they didn't see that. Mm. But Danny's really nice. So there's a good chance he did see and is just being just didn't want to make you polite. Feel. Yeah. So Booba's out, and I have to like. You're on
1: a rock. You're clambering on a rock.
0: <laughs> exactly. And then I just said, I didn't like that. That was the first thing that came out. <laughs> I didn't like
1: that. It's really scary. I
0: was very scared.
1: I also think I went at such the wrong time of the year. The water level was very low. So most of my experience was sort of my ass scraping along the bottom, (laughs) trying to like get us stuck quite a few times. The speed, very slow. Hours. It was awful, actually. I didn't know if I was going to ever end. It was just so slow. And I went into Google Maps Because I had the return point we were getting to. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, there's another 40 bends, each bend taking about 20 minutes. Oh my God. How long were you doing? I actually got up at one point and just walked down the river.
0: See, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It might have been more fun if you had a buddy and then also some drinks. I thought I was going to meet
1: babes on the river. You did. You know, no, I thought I was going to. I <laughs> met one cow, and there was a car that had crashed off the road that was in the river for like twenty years old. You could have seen
0: me without my top.
1: Wrong time of the year. The wrong time. Everything about the timing was wrong.
0: Yeah. Wow. Awesome. What would you have done if you saw a person drowning? Would you help I'd or rescue o- only an animal? <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah! If there was a drowning <laughs> exactly. rattlesnake And a, a tiny baby I'd rescue the snake if And let both, the baby die If
3: both were <laughs> drowning which one would you say There's an African grey parrot Oh
0: drowning. fuck
1: My favourite parrot And a like financial an older... broker oh. A financial broker it's, tu- it's really really tough Because for one thing Chances are an African grey has a longer lifespan Than the financial broker They live about 80 years what? So there's a lifespan to consider. Very smart. They're very smart birds. So it sounds like you're going for the parrot. Do we need the broker? The broker might be <laughs> fine. You know?
0: No, see, this is my fear. I'd rescue
1: the broker. You would? But I wouldn't be happy about it. You're her. good at swimming, right? I can swim. I'd rescue both. Okay. And Only one would, can be saved in this scenario. I'd get the broker.
0: I know you would. It would hurt your heart, but you would do it.
3: Yeah, poor drowned bird.
0: Well, also, why would it drown? It can fly. It can fly.
3: It's tangled up in a net. It's oh, tangled in a net, Monica. So,
0: that is sad. That's sad. Because a human probably put <laughs> that net there. The financial
1: net broker there. was trying to catch it.
0: <gasps> oh, my. This scenario has gotten out of hand.
1: Okay. Yeah, fun thing to start. would have made the trip a lot more interesting than six hours <laughs> no. on a river on my own it walking. Was,
0: was it really six hours?
1: It was. I'm exaggerating. It was... Just under four hours. It was like that three hours 45. Loud. I mean, it was getting dark. I was like, if it gets dark, <laughs> I'm just on this river in Texas. I don't know. Scary. It felt bad. I just had like togs on. <laughs> or what do you call them here? Literally Bathers' dog. trunks or something. I don't know what you call them. <laughs> I was just nothing. I had no towel. Were you in a Speedo? No, I was just in short. I was just in like sh-
0: bathing suit.
1: Bathing suit. But I didn't wear dark. They were like, yeah, I don't know. It felt I don't bad.
0: Like that. I felt bad.
1: I'm sorry. I'm
0: sorry that happened to you. We both had bad experiences in tubes.
1: We have very different bad experiences. (laughs) Yours were more thrilling than mine.
0: Yeah, sounds like it.
1: Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Athletic Greens, something I use literally every day. I used it about Two hours ago, oh. I get my little water and my little special mug and I put the athletic greens in. I mix it up and I swallow it and I know I've got everything I need for the day. AG1 is the best option for easy, optimal nutrition out there. You take one scoop and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day correctly. The blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, and your focus.
0: Yeah, I like it because it's keto-friendly, paleo-friendly, all of those friendlies. It's very friendly.
1: And for someone like me, I like fruit because I like sweet things, but I'm that classic idiot who just doesn't like vegetables. I'm that basic, (sighs) and this solves that problem for me. I can have this every morning, and I know I have what I need to get through the day and through my life. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com flightless. Again, that's athleticgreens.com flightless to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Flightless Bird is brought to you by Masterclass. Now with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best artists, icons and leaders anytime, anywhere and at your own pace. You can learn relationship intelligence from Esther Perel. You can also improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay or learn how to use your voice as an instrument from Mariah Carey. It's pretty cool. With over 180 classes from a range of world class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is much closer than you think.
0: Have you checked out any new ones recently?
1: I've been enjoying the Duffer Brothers Ooh. teaching me about television. I mainly work in journalism and doc, but I have a dream one day of actually writing a script, lighting something narrative. Yeah. But I honestly just don't even know where to begin. And having the Duffer Brothers, who have made one of the biggest shows of all time, giving me a class on television, that's pretty much my dream come true. So that's what I'm into at the moment.
0: So cool. Yeah, there's so many different topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. I mean, this is the thing I used to dream about when I was young, like taking acting classes from Natalie Portman. Yeah, how does That's that happen? A dream. Yeah, and it's just so cool that it's, it's at our fingertips. Each lesson is only about 10 minutes long, which is nice.
1: There's over 180 exclusive classes taught by the instructors that you know and love. They're cinema quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash bird today. That's masterclass.com slash bird. Terms apply. So I was in Texas. Yeah. I wanted to learn about soft drinks. Okay. This was my journey. I'd originally come to Texas to explore barbecue culture. That's a future episode of Flightless Bird. But that's how I found myself hanging out with Daniel Vaughn, who's the official barbecue reviewer for Texas Monthly. Dan reckons he's eaten at around 1,800 different barbecue joints. Anyway, as we waited for a giant piece of brisket to arrive, he started going on not about his love of meat, but his love of Dr. Pepper. I've written in a whole article about my love of Dr. Pepper. When I was growing up as a kid, we didn't have a lot of money, but come Christmas time, because there were a lot of them and it looked like it was bountiful, my mom would buy each of us a 24-pack of pop. In Ohio, we call it pop. And so my brother would get Mountain Dew, my sister Sprite, and I got Dr. Pepper. Drinking a warm Dr. Pepper in the morning, like right out from under the tree, good memory. My whole time in Texas, I'd kept running into people who loved this mysterious drink. Then I heard about a museum dedicated to the mysterious drink, located in Waco, Texas. In my mind... All I could think about was one thing when it came to Waco.
2: The cult actually called or known as the Branch Davidians is an offshoot of the Seventh Day Adventist Church. How many gunshots did you hear?
3: It was quite a few, you know, I couldn't really say how many it was, but he knew it was something that wasn't normal.
1: I associate it with the bungled, chaotic FBI raid on the Branch Davidian cult in 1993, which after 53 days left 86 people dead. A quick Google tells me that these days, Waco is more well known for Magnolia, something I've never heard of before. It's a giant shopping complex covering two city blocks, owned by Chip and Joanna Gaines from the Fixer Upper TV show. That show got so big, it led to the creation of a whole TV network and a shopping center that transformed the whole of Waco.
4: Our attendance numbers tripled when they opened in 2016.
1: I'm with Joy Summer-Smith, Associate Director of the Dr. Pepper Museum. I've driven to Waco, about a two hour drive out of Austin. Right now she's pointing to these two silos in the distance which marks the Magnolia complex. And apparently Americans really love renovating and flipping houses because people flood here to visit Magnolia. And that's been good for the Dr. Pepper Museum, a stone's throw away, which has seen its attendance triple to about 170,000 visitors a year. The first thing I'm sort of curious about is how long you've been with Dr. Pepper for, or probably the company that owns Dr. Pepper, who I assume is Coca-Cola, but I'm not sure.
4: No, it's not. <laughs> not I've
1: already messed up.
4: <laughs> uh, so Dr. Pepper is currently owned here in the United States by Keurig Dr. Pepper, the K-Cup, the Keurig machine, uh, all the I don't know what any of those things are. Okay, well, uh, it all revolves around coffee. (laughs) Keurig bought out Dr. Pepper in 2018. So it's been a succession of companies for the brand leading up to that moment. So now the portfolio is Dr. Pepper, 7-Up, Snapple, Mott's.
1: What's Snapple? Is that the apple one?
4: It's a juice. It's a juice. So yes, there's an apple.
1: At the moment we're standing in a room in the museum, surrounded by bottles. They're old glass soda bottles, and I should clarify, the Dr Pepper museum is big. This isn't the pokey little museum I was imagining it would be. It's a proper museum with fancy cabinets and exhibits. There are two different sprawling buildings. A gift store and a giant Dr Pepper logo and fluoro lights outside. There's a diner you can sit in and drink Dr Pepper. And a replica of an old American gas store that's playing a radio show broadcast out of Dallas in '36. I'd assumed it was going to be pokey because this place isn't run by Dr. Pepper. It's a completely separate entity.
4: So I actually work for a separate private nonprofit, the Dr. Pepper Museum. We are not owned or operated by Keurig Dr. Pepper, although we have plenty of partnerships in place. So I have been here at the Dr. Pepper Museum for 20 years now. I started in the archives and can give the long winded answers to any kind of question about Dr. Pepper history. So now I am the associate director here for the museum.
1: So is that, I'm trying to get my head around this because having a not-for-profit around this big corporation seems slightly unusual. You'd assume the Dr. Pepper Museum is run very stringently by Dr. Pepper, right?
4: No, We are independent, which allows us a lot of flexibility to really dive into their story and tell it in some interesting ways. So we are located in the historic building, the home of Dr. Pepper.
1: I thought this beautiful brick building we're in was a replica, but it's the original, listed on the National Register of Historic Sites so no one can come in and bowl it over. It was built in 1906, purely for the purpose of bottling Dr. Pepper, whatever the hell Dr. Pepper is. What is the flavor of Dr. Pepper? Is it a cherry? What what is going on? What is the flavor? It's not pepper. Or is it pepper?
4: The flavor of Dr. Pepper is a company secret. All they will say is that it's 23 different flavors.
1: Okay, 23. (laughs)
4: 23. And that it's not prune juice.
1: (laughs) Okay, so not prunes, but it's 23 different flavors. Do you know what those are? I do
4: not. There are only about five to six people at the company that actually know the entirety of the recipe at one point in
1: time. I demanded their names and home addresses, but Joy refused to give them to me. It's a tightly held Texan secret, and many have tried to crack it.
4: You'll find a lot of what we call store brands that all have their own version. Coca-Cola tried doing it through Mr. Pib or Pib Extra. However, it's one of those where if I go into a restaurant and I ask for Dr. Pepper and they say, oh, well, we have Mr. Pib," I'm like, okay, thank you. I'll take water.
1: It was at this point I realized the woman in front of me really loves Dr. Pepper. I mean, you've been doing this for two decades now, working at the Dr. Pepper Museum. Is it the, the history of it or are you obsessed with Dr. Pepper specifically. (laughs) I hadn't intended that as a funny question, but I'm glad I brightened her day.
4: Okay, so uh, one point of clarification is, I do love Dr. Pepper, and I did drink and love it before I started working here. My job here every day is kind of a different day. There's new projects, there's new things to think about. I think.
1: Well, if this was a Coke museum, would you still be as passionate, or is it that yeah, is Dr. I wouldn't
4: have applied to work at the Coke museum answer oh, dr.
1: if you missed that she said she would never have applied to work at a coke museum so yeah i guess she just really really likes dr pepper i drink dr pepper don't you see because it's the perfect taste for me now of course there would be no dr pepper or mr pibbs or any sodas without humans discovering how to carbonate water It happens naturally in springs around the world, which is where humans got their taste for the fizzy goodness. There was also this idea that mineral water had healing powers. Back around 400 BC, Hippocrates reckoned it could cure disease. That idea sort of stuck. So in the early days of artificially carbonated water, people thought it was super healthy
4: people really and truly did think that there was a lot of healing properties to it. As we've grown in our ability to understand the human body and chemistry, we know that That wasn't really the case. But I think there was still something intriguing from that water being found bubbling up out of the ground. And so they were trying to replicate it. The thought that if we can replicate it, we can expand the health benefits for more and more people.
1: Jacob Schweppes was the first to make it big in the game. The German-Swiss watchmaker founding Schweppes about 240 years ago. An early adopter, Charles Darwin's grandfather, Erasmus Darwin. No other mixer has Schweppes' bittersweet flavour and rare effervescence.
2: Effervescence?
1: You used
2: to call those little bubbles Schweppervescence? Schweppervescence, of course!
1: Joseph Priestley was the one who'd invented artificial carbonated water 16 years earlier, by accident in his beer brewery. He literally wrote the book on soda, a book that has the best and longest title of all time. Directions for impregnating water with fixed air in order to communicate the peculiar spirit and virtues of paramount water and other minerals of a similar nature. rolls straight off the tongue. Looking around the museum, there are old bottles everywhere. All glass, different shapes, some with more curves than others. A big trick back then was keeping the bubbles in. They started with corks before eventually inventing bottle caps. And after those companies figured out how to carbonate water, they flavoured it.
4: So that comes in in the early 1800s. It was probably happening in Europe, but we Americans kind of take credit for that. And the flavors that they had were... There's a lot that you can't find today. A lot of cooking happened in the 1800s with blossoms, orange blossom, rose, all of those kinds of things were found as flavors. One that was even bottled here in this building in the late 1800s was one flavored with celery. But others, coffee, tea, walnut, almond.
1: Celery and walnut soda. Yum. The takeaway is there were a lot of flavors floating around, and in 1885, A man named Charles chose 23 of them, threw them all together, and Dr. Pepper was born. I drink Dr. Pepper, don't you see? Cause it's the perfect taste for me. Stay tuned for more Flightless Bird. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Flightless This Bird is brought to you by Aura Frames. I find a nightmarish thing at Christmas, finding gifts for oh. people. Aura Frames kind of solves this for me because you get this digital photo frame. You can fill it up with whatever photos you want from your relationship or friendship with a person and you can give them that frame and they're going to love it.
0: It feels so personalized and those yeah. are the best gifts. But Aura Frames, it makes me a little resentful because mm. of our history where mm. you gave Rob an Aura Frame full of beautiful pictures of the two of you <laughs> and let me sit and watch while yeah, this happens. well look,
1: Christmas is coming up, Monica. <laughs> okay, Christmas is coming up. That's all I'm going to say about that. Aura Frames <laughs> is for everyone. It's named the number one best digital picture frame by Wirecutter, the strategist, and selected as Oprah's favorite thing three years in a row.
0: That's not enough to sell you. It's a pretty
1: good endorsement, right? I'm waiting for my endorsement from Oprah. You simply connect your Aura frame to Wi-Fi and use the free Aura app to add unlimited pics and videos from anywhere in the world. You can invite your family and friends on the app and have them comment, heart, and send new photos to your frame. You can preload it with your favorite photos or you can give it to them empty and they can fill it up with their own memories later. Listeners can save on the perfect gift this holiday season and get up to $30 off Aura's best-selling frames. Just go to auraframes.com slash bird. That's A-U-R-A frames.com slash bird. These frames have been selling out every December, so get yours now before they're all gone. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Okay, I'm so triggered by this secret recipe I want to it's, know so bad I didn't care until you brought this up But now I'm dying to Only 5 or 6 people
1: It's really frustrating And you know she's been in this game for you know 20 years Working yeah. there she doesn't know Or I mean she didn't tell me if she did know
0: She doesn't know
1: But it's the secret and I guess no one's been able to replicate it right Like Dr Pepper is Dr Pepper It's like we don't know the recipe for coke I guess Or do we I don't <laughs> But it's <laughs> this mystery. Like, it's great having this backstory where it's a it mystery. Because also the people I talked to next to the river and stuff, everyone knows it's twenty three flavors. Yeah. It's such a good marketing kind of a message. It
0: is. It hooks you. It hooked me. Yeah. It's like your lump.
1: It's like, everyone loves a it's mystery a hook. You'll never know hook. what the lump was, where it was, where it's gone to. Can you Mysteries are good.
0: Me? Can you just tell me where the lump was? It's private. <laughs> David.
1: Just like it's
0: too many mysteries the for flavors
1: <laughs> of Dr. Pepper. Oh my god, do you have any thoughts or queries about Dr. Pepper thus far? Has yes. it evoked any emotions?
0: Mm-hmm. I wrote some stuff down mm-hmm. mainly that humans are very cute, that we have these allegiances, yeah. and they're all based in nostalgia, and we think they're objective and they're mm. not at Like all. at all, no. And it's very cute that we do that, that we latch onto a thing. We love it so much. We're very loyal.
1: It had slightly Disney adult vibes. She was so into Dr. Pepper.
0: Working there. She would
1: never apply to a Coke museum. No. 20 years. That's a lot of time to dedicate to a product.
0: It reminds me of the big debate within the U.S. of Twizzler versus Red Vine. What? That's a huge American debate.
1: What's Twizzler? Is that the one that's like a Tootsie Roll?
0: No, that's a Tootsie Roll. Twizzlers and Red Vines are both licorice sticks.
1: Oh, they're the strawberry licky Exactly. Stick.
0: <laughs> exactly. And regionally, it makes a big difference. Are you a Red Vine person or are you a Twizzler person?
1: Oh, and, and do they taste quite different? Yes. Okay.
0: People have insanely strong opinions. I am a twizzler person yeah and I hate red vines
1: I think I've had a red vine maybe at the movies yeah and it was very chewy and like hard to get through well not chewy just thick like it, it was Too like thick. I sort of bit into it and it was like oh
3: I
0: know what's happening are you a red here? vine
1: I don't really eat either you
0: don't love I don't either love one.
3: either they're similar though they're both licorice
0: I know but they taste so <laughs>
3: Different to me. So I like Twizzlers pull peels. Yeah. What's a pull and peel? Just
1: a type of Twizzler. <laughs> Sounds like... like a sex thing. <laughs> yeah. oh so licorice here in America. Black. I was curious about this. So is your licorice all strawberry flavor?
0: There's black licorice too, but that's like its own thing. Because
1: in New Zealand, we're very proud of black licorice. Black licky.
0: I mean, I hate it.
1: Do you, I mean, it's a specific aniseedy taste, exactly. But it's great. We have the creamiest, most delicious licorice. Creamy? I hoover it down when I go back to New Zealand. Because uh, spoiler alert: I'm allowed to go back to New Zealand now, yeah. and I'm going to go back for a little visit soon.
0: Yeah.
1: This flightless bird isn't flightless anymore, etc. Blah blah blah. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to eat a lot of licorice.
0: Okay, I thought maybe you were going to say I'm going to bring you guys back some licorice. Oh, and I will bring
1: <laughs> all of you back. So much licorice. And
0: can you just make sure you bring enough for all three of us? Because Absolutely. You're her- okay.
1: I'm bringing a lot back. I'm going to bring an extra suitcase back with me from New Zealand. It's going to be full of good stuff.
0: And LMPs. But not,
1: yeah, not that and other. L&P. Not that orange candy. No, that chocolate. No, you don't like that chocolate. I like the from New chocolate. No, the chocolate's good. The other weird thing was not.
0: Listen, mm. you gave Rob some presents today at the beginning of this day. I did.
1: And I'd like to say as well, I wasn't even going to bring that up on the podcast because this was just an act of love and joy. It was very nice. It was between two men and it was beautiful. I gave Rob no, a, I an know, electronic photo frame filled of photos of us together.
0: I know, which is so nice.
1: A Dr. Pepper pencil from the Dr. Pepper Museum. Exactly. And a Dr. Pepper... Sticker from the doctor. You want to share the pencil. I think
0: three presents. No, because it wasn't for me. It's the same thing as the pins.
1: You're wearing your pin today, Monica. It's beautiful. You're a beautiful blue horse.
0: Yeah, um, from
1: the uh, the airport. If
0: I'll be honest, I dropped it. And then it was here. <laughs> and so, but I put it on because I love it.
1: Often the things I do bring in here for you guys, I will see a month later sitting on that table no. and amongst all the other shit that you get. I'm seeing. wearing it. So Delta really wants that bear and
3: Dax has told her no. Yep. That's for you serious? That stays here.
1: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's really he's nice. He's
0: trying to teach her a lesson like you can't have everything yeah, you want. Everything.
1: I feel a bit sorry for Delta because it's like kid's bear. You, you know? can
0: bring... you. Add it to your suitcase. Anyway, I feel like you've built yourself up as a person in this foursome mm. of we're all trying to get your love so badly. Mm. and
1: Just dish it out in little annoying increments me, it, for yeah, while.
0: it is. <laughs> it's starting to make me feel manic or something. Yeah. Like so I need to So what you're saying chill. is if
1: I come back from New Zealand with stuff, it needs to be – like you're getting presents for the kids at Christmas and it all needs to be the same, different, but the same.
0: Yeah. And then maybe you give me like a couple extra
1: i do <laughs> how i feel about that
3: <laughs> rob
1: i'm gonna figure this out okay i think before a war breaks out we need to learn more about soft drinks okay. and if you remember where we left it we we're talking about you used to think that carbonated water was somehow healthy because it was associated with mineral water so there was this idea in society in america yeah. that the opposite to what we think now of coke which is just horrific and unhealthy but sodas were generally seen as a healthy treat all right back into the doc. When Dr Pepper was invented 137 years ago, it was sold in pharmacies because sodas were thought of as healthy.
4: Pharmacies and soda fountains got intertwined very early on because of that healthy thought of carbonated water. And maybe it's also along the idea of Mary Poppins and a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go. I don't know. I don't know. But it's something that kind of rolls around in my head as I do think about that connection between pharmacies and soda fountains. Just a
3: spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down in a most delightful
1: way. Joy's led me into another part of the museum, which has a replica of a pharmacy from the 1880s. It's a lot prettier than a CVS. And pride and center of the pharmacy, right when you walk in, is the soda fountain.
4: It was a big feature and it was right there up front when you walked in the front door. It wasn't buried at the back
1: of the store. It turns out we owe the old American pharmacy for Dr. Pepper. Wade Morrison, the guy who named Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, owned a corner drug store.
4: Yes, he owned the Old Corner Drugstore, and the pharmacist that invented Dr. Pepper is Dr. Charles Alderton.
1: Charles, the pharmacist, was 28 when he invented the medicinal drink we now know as Dr. Pepper. The replica pharmacy I'm standing in right now is also advertising something called Crazy Water, another carbonated Texas treat, apparently.
4: The story behind this water is that there was... The local crazy lady who sat next to the well and drank the water and was no longer crazy.
1: Totally normal stuff. Crazy water has four levels that used to be advertised like this. Level one is miles for kidneys and bowels. Level two is sleep water that you drink to get to sleep. Level three is strong for your kidneys and bowels. And level four is super thick for stomach and bowels. Super thick. Yuck. So you've tried 4
4: mm-hmm. I tried number four.
1: Is it extra fizzy? I don't understand.
4: It, the mineral content is very heavy, and so it's very thick. The water, the feel of it in your mouth is right, very so it's thick.
1: Not sort of, it's not refreshing? You wouldn't drink it after running a marathon?
4: I would not. And Susie says no, and she's training for a marathon.
1: Susie also works at the Dr. Pepper Museum and has been watching on with amusement. Can you confirm this?
4: Yes, you would not want to drink this afterwards.
1: We wander on, room after room. The old bottling room is still here, all the original bottling equipment hulking and giant at the side. In the corner is the well they used to get their water from. There's glass over the top so we can't fall in. So the first ever Dr Pepper that existed would have come from water from this well? Yes. I look down into the abyss and realize I've never seen a well before outside of Western movies. After they'd haul the water up from the depths of the earth, they'd chill it. The more chill the water, the more carbon dioxide it can absorb, the bubblier it is. We walk into yet another room, with all of Dr Pepper's old logos and slogans. What's your favourite Dr Pepper slogan? What will you have on your tombstone?
4: I think the one that I've dealt with during my career here is the drink a bite to eat at 10, 2, and 4. So the,
1: I don't understand.
4: <laughs> so there was a study done in the 1920s that yeah. noticed that people's blood sugar levels dropped around 1030, 230, and 430. And so they... Ran a little contest at the advertising agency. Earl Racy won it. He developed the slogan, drink a bite to eat at 2 and four.
1: Drink a bite to eat at 2 and four doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but people liked it. The slogan was used from the 20s all the way through to the 70s, becoming less popular as humans discovered that sugar wasn't really a great meal. I'd note the old bottles of Dr. Pepper and all soft drinks were way smaller back then. They're tiny compared to the cans of Monster Energy drink we scull back today. Somewhere along the way, America supersized everything. The small drinks you order at the movies here are the size of an XXL drink in New Zealand. But fans of Dr Pepper would say you need the XXL because Dr Pepper is special.
4: They've marketed it for years as something that's out of the ordinary, the unusual, continuing on with the Be A Pepper campaign where it's very distinctive. You are unique because you drink Dr. Pepper. And so I feel like there's still some of that identity wrapped up in it.
1: And there's a test to find out the true Dr. Pepper fan. Joy gestures to two logos. One is old, the other's new. One has a full stop after the doctor, the other doesn't.
4: In the 1950s, they changed the font for the logo. You can see prior, it's this scripty font, and then in the 1950s, it moves to this more block letter font. So if you take a look at the block letter, and you can imagine a period here.
1: Basically, a change of font meant the full stop and the curl of the R could be confused to be some kind of colon.
4: Yeah, it would be D I semicolon pepper. So it'd
1: be a branding disaster doing that.
4: Branding disaster. So
1: you lose that cursive and suddenly you've got to drop the dot. Yes. On top of this, they also didn't want to be sued if someone thought Dr. Pepper was a real doctor. So dropping the dot also made sense legally. The final stop on my tour, the gift shop. Joy leaves me to my own devices. She has other work to do besides answering questions from a New Zealander. I ask her sidekick, Susie, what else I should sample here while I'm in Texas.
4: Beaver nuggets. Yes, try the beaver nuggets. What the the
1: fuck are they? Beaver nuggets?
4: I, I don't know. I haven't had them, but I hear that you should have them.
1: Finally, I'm left alone. Well, I'm left alone in the gift shop with Linda. Linda is 71 and probably the kindest-looking woman I've ever laid eyes on. She runs the Dr. Pepper gift store. I tell her I'm making a podcast about American culture. She seems into it.
0: Apple pie, football, baseball, all those good things.
1: Really, the main reason I wanted to talk to Linda was to see if everyone in this place is brainwashed to love Dr. Pepper. What's your opinion on Dr. Pepper? Are you a fan?
3: I am. I used to drink a lot of it when I was young. All the kids did, because it was sweet. All kids love Dr. Pepper, not Coke or maybe Big Red too, but...
1: I've just learned about Big Red. It's another big Texan institution. Yes,
3: it is. Kids love it, and I love it too, so...
1: If it was between Dr. Pepper and Big Red, what would you go for?
3: Mm, Probably a Big Red, actually
1: controversial
3: i know
2: shame on me
1: (laughs) i felt relieved that i wasn't in some kind of cult it was time to go so i switched off my dictaphone it was a stupid thing to do because the first rule of making a weekly podcast is never stop recording not until you're in your car driving away the second i'd hit stop a man came up to me and whispered something in my ear stumbling i turned the recorder back on what?
2: No, you what? We're a certified haunted building location.
1: Right. So as well as being certified as a historic site, apparently this museum is also certified for ghosts. America's so weird. Haunted
2: with what? Figures. I've had three experiences myself in the two years I've been here. Can't explain them, but could be true.
1: Russ works here too, and he had some stories to tell.
2: Can you talk me through what you
1: saw or felt?
2: Well, the first one was the girls in a mission and I were kind of messing around talking about it. So I went up to the third floor at closing, started shutting my lights off. And second floor, I shut them off in the wood stairs that goes up. I heard footprints. Old building, great So I go running down and tell the girls, it's not funny. They were not there. They were over here in the gift shop. The second one was the elevator. The one elevator takes you from the first to the second floor. Again, the emissions, and I were talking that the elevator started up and went to the basement. That's weird. Yeah. The third one was, again, the second floor. Shut my lights down. They had the old pickup truck up there, and I went around it, and something moved in the back of it. Could have been a reflection off a light, but I had the lights off. What, what sort of shape? Like what sort of size? It was about a human size, and I don't know, it just moved. Did you make any noises? No, but I made it a little faster to the stairs to get down. <laughs>
1: It was time for me to make it a little faster out of here too. I said my goodbyes to Russ and Linda and emerged into the sunlight. Glad that I knew more about the history of carbonated water, American pharmacies and American soda. Especially the weirdest one, the one that you drink at 10, 2 and 4. Dr Pepper, the doctor that isn't a real doctor because it's a sugary, carbonated soft drink. I really love that they dropped the dot on the doctor because yeah. legally people worried sort of that it was a real doctor that did. It-
0: well, that is funny because that probably correlates to a time when we started upping our suing game. Yeah. Because everyone yep. started to get a little more careful. Yeah, about- suddenly
1: calling a unhealthy drink a doctor in a thing.
0: Someone could uh, sue you. I had no idea this was going to turn into a ghost story episode. It really
1: pivoted. But really, I was ready to get out of there, dictaphone off, getting out of Waco, (laughs) and he just idled up to me and started telling me about, yeah, three ghost sightings, all sort of in human shape. Wow. He's often in the after hours and terrifying, you know. But he was a skeptic. He wasn't saying it was definitely a ghost. Mm -hmm. He was just a man that had seen some shit and wanted to share.
0: Wow. That took a turn. I found myself in this doc falling into the same trap of Allegiance. I was like, why are you doing your doc on Dr. Pepper?
1: Why that drink?
0: Yeah, like it should be Coke. Coke is America.
1: Yeah, you're right. It is American. It's such a big American thing. I think for me, it was the fact that in New Zealand, Coke is everywhere. Clearly it's American, but I see it everywhere. Dr. Pepper for me feels American and also unusual in that it isn't everywhere.
0: I get it. So that's
1: why I honed in.
0: I think you're covering your back a little bit because you were in Texas, so that's where the Dr. Pepper
1: <laughs> look if, look. That, true, I was there. I was there floating down a river sure. for five hours. Uh-huh. But you know, also I want to travel for the show and I thought, wow, a whole museum. Is there a Coke museum? Yes, for in Atlanta. That oh, is the one. Okay. That excuse doesn't work. Does I, every soft drink here, does every pop have its own museum? No,
0: only the ones where they're... Iconic. Exactly. And to the city itself. Like, Coke is a huge Atlanta point of pride.
1: Have you been Kinda to like the, the Coke, Coke Museum?
0: <laughs> yeah. I went to What's the original there? Coke Museum. It's been upgraded. Because this, There's I should say, Coke if you're there.
1: ever in Waco, it's a the Dr. Pepper Museum is beautiful. It's vast. Yeah. What I didn't touch on, there's a whole diner there built in there where you can get Dr. Pepper, you can sit, it's there's all the original fun. kind of diner look, Yeah, multiple buildings. What's the Coke vibe?
0: I haven't been in the new one.
1: <gasps> new so one, so i should upgraded. Go.
0: Yeah, they've revamped it and it's, it's supposed to be really cool.
1: I'd like to know what the Coke Museum people think of Dr. Pepper.
0: Oh, that's a good question. I'd I mean, they're going to be that. like, Dr. Pepper's whack. Coke is America. <laughs> But I really enjoyed learning about Dr. Pepper because I don't know a lot about it. And now all I want in my whole life is to know the 23 flavors.
1: Same here. I also got to say, at the gift store, I bought myself a Dr. Pepper hat. And that's something I'm also curious about. I'm Mm. working on an episode at the moment about... That diner that you said you'd always get into fights. Waffle House. Waffle House, Mm -hmm. which is actually turning into like a really beautiful story. But Mm -hmm. they also have merchandise. What I find really fascinating is that all your iconic labels have merchandise with it as well. Which makes sense, but it's not like a basketball team or a sports team. It's a drink, you know, or it's a diner. And to have a hat and a T-shirt you can buy is kind of incredible. Very American.
0: I have a Waffle House mug. Uh huh. And I've also been on the lookout for like a vintage Waffle House shirt. Oh
1: wow! I mean, that's the thing. Looking through all the different brand reinventions that Dr Pepper had gone through, you forget about all the iterations of this yeah. stuff. And why? I mean, there's a reason certain drinks survive and other ones disappear. And it's yeah. all about the branding and the message.
0: Now I want something with Dr Pepper that has the dot.
1: That and would she- be worth a lot of money. Yeah. I like to think I became slightly more American.
0: You did. Mixing the tubing and the Dr. Pepper and the ghosts. And ghosts.
1: (laughs) I'm learning a lot.
0: You really are.
1: America's haunted. A lot of these episodes, (laughs) there's a ghost element increasingly. And I'm understanding that there are a lot of ghosts in America. I'm sorry, Monica. Don't say that. It's just the truth. It's
0: not here. There's a
1: reason I'm waking up at 3 in the morning.
0: Has that changed?
1: I'm still waking up at 3 a.m. every day, every morning.
3: (sighs) There's a website that claims they know the 23 ingredients.
1: (gasps) Okay. -uh. Rob?
3: Yep. What are they? Uh, The Daily Meal mega fans of Dr. Pepper believe that it's amaretto. Okay. Almond. Okay. Blackberry. Mm. Black licorice. Caramel. Oh. Carrot. What? Clove. (gasps) Cherry. Okay. Cola. Ginger. Juniper. Lemon. Molasses. Nutmeg. Orange. Prune plum pepper. What? Uh, oh my god! Root beer. Pepper. Root beer in it. That
0: can't be right. Rum
3: raspberry tomato
1: and vanilla.
0: Tomato. <laughs> this, is this isn't. This real. is the list of a
1: lunatic. This <laughs> that's isn't gotten real. loose online. I love it though. I love the idea that it. It, it probably is. <gasps> we don't know, Monica. Ghosts. We don't know, Rob.
0: Do you think the ghost of Charles leaked that?
3: <gasps> Maybe. Maybe. Fuck. Ghosts
1: are everywhere. Ready here first. Wow. Bye Monica. Bye Bye, Rob.
0: Buy me some presents.